Hi everyone, welcome back to the interview series, the first ever podcast by ICMP London. I'm Lara, I'm your host, and I'm back in 2022, Happy New Year by the way, with more interviews and more episodes. I'll be interviewing more of our tutors, so we're going to find out even more about the faculty of ICMP, so the people that make ICMP such a special and well-known institution across the UK when it comes to music education. But I'm also going to be speaking to people that work within the music and creative industries but are not necessarily part of our faculty. I'm going to explore different themes, different trends, anything that can be relevant to people who are starting out within the business or who are already in the business. My very first guest for 2022 was Sam Jones who's actually one of our tutors, but it's going to be a little bit different from the previous interviews because Sam, even though he's a creative producer as well, is actually a music consultant based in London who's worked also internationally on artistic direction, project design and production, co-creation and audience engagement. He's established music venues in London and beyond, as well as recording studios in East London and also throughout Sub-Saharan Africa, so his experience is really different from what we've come across before. Sam is one of our tutors who's always trying to push students to get involved with any project that he's actually working on besides ICMP. So he's trying to give students the opportunity to work and start building their career while at ICMP. Our chat was really interesting. I'm not going to tell you more about this. I really recommend that you listen to the full episode. If you liked it, if you loved it, don't forget to share it on social media, share it with your friends, tag us at ICMP London across all platforms. And also, you can now rate podcasts on Spotify. So please do that if you wish to do so. And thank you so much for listening. Hope you enjoy. Who am I? Um, I ask myself that all the time. I think I have to wear many, many different hats, um, you know, as the days go on. One week I'm doing one thing, one another week I'm doing another. So, um, well, I'm, I'm, I'm all sorts. I don't like the term, somebody would say, you're jack of all trades and master of none. And I think this, this term is a, is a, is a, is a term that's, uh, you know, not, not understood. So I, I, I do, I do quite a lot of different things. So I, as you said, I so I, I, I run uh, some music venues. Uh, I'm a record producer. So I produce content. So that's what I love to do. I love to work with artists and, and create really interesting sounds. Um, I spend a lot of time traveling. This is pre pandemic world. I used to spend a lot of time traveling uh, throughout mainly uh, Sub-Saharan Africa, uh, working in places such as Tanzania, Uganda, Kenya, and then over to the West, a lot of time in Nigeria. So I produce with sort of emerging talent for Strut Records, for Soundway Records, do little bits and pieces for um, uh, On The Corner Records. And then I do, and then, then work with some more sort of established names, such as Orlando Julius, a, a huge sort of Afrobeat star um old from the old school uh, uh in in nigeria um so but 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 i but i teach at icmp i teach music business because um 
whilst I love to do all of this sort of creative stuff, um, I'm fascinated really in business, but business in a sort of an unconventional sort of sense. So I really enjoy um, uh, 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 sort of identifying, you know, uh, uh, projects and opportunities which perhaps, you know, uh, aren't your, your normal sort of approaches. So um, I'm really fascinated in um, in uh, cultural infrastructure projects, and that's why we've set up music venues. Uh, it's why we, for example, build PA speakers in Tanzania or do lots of training programs with uh, the British Council uh, throughout uh, Sub-Saharan Africa. Um, and so part of that means going for funding. And when you're going for funding, you have to set up organisations. And when you have to set up organisations, you've got to work with stakeholders. So all of that then speaks to business. And then it speaks to the nighttime economy. And then it speaks to policy. And so this whole sort of world then sort of opens up. And this is really um, what, um, what underpins my, uh, my teaching at ICMP, because it's, it very much sort of uh, broaches on business, but us as creatives working within business, so creative business, but also, you know, doing working within the creative industries. So, um, but I, I, I studied music technology um, when I was an undergrad. And um, I wanted to be a record, a famous record producer. And um, well, you know, I, I'm quite happy with the records that I've produced. Um, but I think, you know, over the last sort of 15 years or whatever it's been, my sort of trajectory has sort of, you know, traversed so much um, that I'm uh, passionate that students get the opportunity. Uh, to experiment with ideas um, within the confines of the three years of an undergraduate course or within a one year within the master's course. And so my conversations with students are very much around this idea is how are you going to make yourself sustainable? <laughs> you know, how are you going to sort of carve out your own sort of unique career in this world of precarity? because that's what it is. And it's trying to sort of be quite warts and all with that. Um, but um, um, yeah, that was a long response to, to the question. So maybe I'll leave it at that. No, it was, it was great. And it makes sense because this is, I think, what you, the last bit that you were talking about, it's, it's basically what you managed to do. So you started from wanting to be a record producer and then developed your role into fields that you like but they are not necessarily the one that you started from. So, and it makes sense. It's just natural. It happens all the time and there's nothing wrong with it. You know, we're not living in, in the era where you study to be a lawyer and you have to be a lawyer. And if you're not a lawyer, you're a failed person. Do you know what I mean? That's the beauty of it. Okay, so you mentioned that, of course, you've been uh, working with cultural institutions such as the British Council, you were saying, and, and many others, including... Waltham Forest, the borough, so when it was uh, London Borough of Culture in 2019, so pre-pandemic, um, last amazing year. And yeah. I would like to use an example of your work within um, Waltham Forest to perhaps get a, a, a more in-depth sense of what exactly it is that you were doing and that you are still doing in, in this kind of like projects. 
So what I'm thinking of is Africa Express. Yeah. So, I mean, I knew what it was. I mean, I know what it is, but not everyone does. Yeah. So I'm just going to try to explain it. And then, of course, you can you can um, say it better because you were involved uh, in it. Yeah. But it's, yeah. um, it's a music-focused event, mainly, yeah. that wants to combine the love for African sounds yeah. in London. So it was happening in uh, Leytonstone, exactly. Yeah. And the That's reason right. is... One of the people that's uh, heavily involved in this project is Damon Alburn. So again, yep. people should know who he is, but he's, yep. he was and still is the lead singer for Blur, Gorillaz, Good, Bad and the Queen, many other things, solo stuff and all that and much more. And he grew up in Leytonstone, actually. So he's got connections uh, to, uh, to, the, to the place and he's got a huge love for African music. That's been, you know, that we've seen with, for example, Tony Allen, Good, the Bad and the Queen, and so on. So this is just trying to sum it up. Yeah. So what was your involvement in this? I'll start by speaking about Borough of Culture and then go on to Africa Express. So um, Borough of Culture, for people who don't know uh, what it is, is Sadiq Khan's um, uh, brainchild, which is essentially um, inspired by this celebration of place, space and people. And it's based around this hyper-local sort of idea, which is to say that, okay, we're going to focus on this geographical area and we're going to celebrate, you know, the people that live here and the, the, the art that's made and the culture that's expressed. And so when I moved to Waltham, uh, Waltham Forest, Waltham Stowe specifically, um, there was not very much going on. You know, there wasn't, you know, music venues, really. Uh, there used to be, you know, the standard back in the day and uh, the EDM cinema and Granada cinema, who's, that's now just been taken over by Soho Theatre. So there was a lot of that kind of, you know, stuff going on historically. But when we moved, and certainly within the last... I mean, you know, a couple of decades. There wasn't that, you know, Walthamstow's kind of on the end of the Victoria line. So anyway, the the um, the I, I spoke to Lorna Lee, which is the director of culture, um, head of head of culture, head of culture at um, at, at the council, um, and sort of had sort of brokered a relationship uh, with her um, and and the team um, um, uh, initially. Before the uh, well, this was not 2017, 2017, no, 2018. Anyway, so they went for the bid, as did a lot of the other boroughs, and they got it. And then um, they had uh, a couple of months to put this all together because they sort of found out in 2000, the back part of 2018, they had to deliver in 2019. It was going to be a whole year of projects. Um, and so Sam Hunt, uh, who was the uh, artistic director for Borough Culture, um, uh, got in contact because I'd been trying to sort of, I'd been trying to get in uh, as a producer for for the event uh, um, for the festival. And so he and I had a big conversation as to you know how us, me uh, as a producer, and us, I'd set up uh, the venue, uh, the music halls project. Um, uh, which we'll go into later. Um, that I just set that up uh, you know, a year previous, and we are essentially putting on music events. And then he says, "I've got this. I've got this project. 
I've got this project, uh, Africa Express. So Africa Express um, are, as you've said, a, um, uh, uh, it's, 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 a it's a celebration of not just African uh, music, um, headed up by, as you say, Damon, um and uh and uh, nick gold uh from world circuit and um the names have escaped me there's a few others and and i, I got very friendly with uh lauren uh roth the wolf who was the main sort of person the main sort of producer for africa express uh, that i developed a relationship with and the whole idea is of course yes damon was born um and grew up uh, in Leytonstone. So with it, this being a festival of celebration of place, space and people, you know, one of uh, one of the, the, the famous people from the borough uh, was indeed Damon. So um, the idea is that we do a, uh, a big concert in Leytonstone and Leytonstone, and if anybody knows, you will know, but um, there's not loads of open park spaces so it's quite difficult to sort of find a festival site so we ended up picking this very peculiar sort of um, peculiar um uh piece of grass which is just by the um uh just by the roundabout near st john's uh church uh by o'neill's what is that i can't remember it's charlie brown round, charlie brown roundabout or something i think it's green man roundabout oh thank you brilliant and so we rocked up there and we put a big top up and uh we flew in 52 artists from around the world to perform uh, for one night only to in the main a local audience and so we had Rakai Torai, we had uh, the guys uh, from the specials, Madness, um, we had uh, horn sections um, flying from places like Brazil, um, Blur, goodness gracious me, reformed and did, and did you know, and did their, did their songs, which was really <laughs> special. Um, and um some amazing uh uh, uh griot uh from uh from mali and he put me on on the spot now i'm sure that the the, the 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 list was the list was immense and part of this of course then was that it because it's place by some people we then partnered with uh the Leighton sixth form college and big creative education two sort of educational hubs here in the borough to do this whole battle of the bands thing and this whole battle of the bands was to get essentially you know aspiring and emerging artists young artists up on the stage you know playing with the stars and we did this big battle of the bands uh, night which is uh, in one of the venues that I run uh, St John's Music Hall uh, based at St John's Church literally just around the corner from where the big top was set up and so um, uh, I'm trying to remember his name now um, so Luke November I think his name was uh, from Big Creative Education um, ended up being on stage with Damon and African Boy and some wicked wicked musicians and so 
that was that was an amazing amazing project and i my role in it was production so i had to sort out you know visas little bits of tour management site uh, uh, identifying a site you know liaising with uh, with police um making sure that everything's secure making sure that uh, you know schools are engaged you know making sure there's the comms are going out so it's like a real real sort of hands-on um a uh, 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 role and we pulled it off um and you know there's there were some visas that couldn't come through and visas is a massive issue uh with getting uh, musicians into the country um and it's only going to get worse unfortunately um don't want to sort of be pessimistic but you know we've got brexit to deal with and the sort of whole fallout from that and now we've got the pandemic you know uh, <laughs> so it's a bit of a mess i don't know if we could be able to do it now uh, I think we've got a couple of years to sort of, you know, work through our differences so that we can do something like that. But yeah, that's what Africa Express looks like. And that's, that's uh, I don't know, I, I, as a Londoner now, but of course, born in a different country, I find these kind of like projects astonishing. I don't know. It's just so nice. It wouldn't necessarily happen where I'm from. So it's, um, it's amazing thinking that it, it was yeah. literally on my doorstep. Yeah. I actually wasn't there. I wasn't oh, a gig. No. I wasn't a gig. <laughs> I missed it. I wasn't an amazing gig, so yeah, I don't regret I'm that. Glad. Okay. But no. I remember the following morning reading about, you know, all of these people performing, which was yeah. I think Joan as a Polish woman was there as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I love Wolf her. Alice. Oh yeah, my God. Yeah, yeah. I love her so yeah, much. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. and then reading about of course Blur performing mm. literally five minutes from my house. Mm. it's not yeah, fair it's amazing. Uh, we'll do it again <laughs> please <laughs> um, just give us a couple of years <laughs> yeah i will i will i'm not i'm not going away don't worry okay um, good, good. so it's it's pretty um amazing to hear about and i'm sure it wasn't just like what you were saying wasn't just the only thing we're not the only things that that you did actually for this project but you were doing you were taking care of basically all the stuff that people don't have a clue about because they just yeah. go and enjoy an event, which is great, which is yeah. what we want. But behind the scenes, especially if you have international artists, as you were saying, with like visas and talking to the police, you know, would anyone expect that? Like, yes, you know, if it's something in a borough, on a, in an open field, you have to look for the venue. Like, it's pretty amazing how much work goes into something like this. Yeah. And, and it's yeah. also pretty amazing to me that you were... Were you the only one in that team? Were you like the main responsible producer? I guess you had a team helping you. Yeah, I mean, so so there was somebody who was was very um, involved with the safety advisory group SAG. Um, so they, they that's basically uh, um, opportunities for blue lights, which is the uh, police and fire brigades, and uh, to, to to come and sort of the, the big committee meetings and people discuss the whole sort of projects. And then there was somebody looking after road closures, like you know we had to close roads down right next to one of the main arteries coming into London, and then you know there was somebody looking after making sure that the site you know, it's safe to put up a big top because then we found yeah. out that some of the main electricity 
um, to provide that 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 is powering the city of London runs directly under where we're going to be putting massive stakes into the ground to put up a big top. So there's like you know, I mean, it, it, you have to have a whole sort of understanding of festivals of safety and you know health and safety and and looking after people you know you've got to do due diligence you've got to do engagement you've got to do you know letters out to local residents because you know we're going to be making quite a lot of noise yeah you need to make sure that they've all been invited they've got free tickets so so yeah there, there, there was a there was a there was a team but i was one of i, I was the the it was my it was my project um uh, <laughs> it was my responsibility if it all went um you know um uh wrong it was on it was on my shoulders but it didn't. and it, it didn't. didn't go wrong we got away with it so you have an amazing thing on your cv basically it's not it it's was... not, and great memories there's nothing yeah. nothing bad about it but it is a huge yeah. responsibility for sure I, um, i did have to i did have to cut the show short and damon i uh, uh, will will forever be un, un, unforgiving uh, because uh, they were running over and we couldn't run over or people would get fined a lot of money so i had to run on stage and and cut the show show short which i think is uh you know i had damon in my face shouting at me um and um well you know that was n not the most pleasant thing but it was fine because we had a beer afterwards and everyone's friends but that was <laughs> it's definitely a lasting memory of mine wow okay okay <laughs> yeah you don't want to go on stage and stop blur but you kind of have to <laughs> Yeah, yeah. What are you gonna do? To. I was conflicted at the time, I have to say. I bet. Oh, okay. Um, so, like, going back to what you said before about working in um, sub-Saharan Africa and all those countries, what's that? What's that work about? Like, first of all, because of course, if if I'm not mistaken, this has been going on, of course, pre-pandemic for quite a lot of years. Like, you've been involved in in many different projects, and it's um it kind of like goes without saying that this kind of work is very different from being in Waltham Forest which is where you live yeah. so I would love to know what has given you in terms of career experience yes but mainly uh personal experience mm. it's probably shaped you yeah. you know into who um, you are today immensely I mean immensely Um, it all started, I think, really when South Sudan got its independence. And all of a sudden here you've got a brand new country. And I was called up by a friend of mine, Kanda Bongaman, who's from um, Kinshasa uh, originally and doesn't uh, had sort of taught like international sort of superstar, Peter Gabriel, uh, very much sort of heralded him uh, back in the 80s. And so he called me up and says, look, this, this, this new country I've been asked by you know, the head of cultures sort of put together, um, you know, a project, which and part of that project uh, was to build a recording studio in South Sudan. And like straight away, I'm just like, yes. I mean, you know, I like whatever you want me to do, I'm, I'm in. Um, and round about the, the same kind of time, um, uh, Manchester, BBC, Oxford Road was shutting down. And they were getting rid of loads of studio equipment. So we managed to get in before everybody else. And all like, you know, this huge complex in, um, in Manchester was condensed into these huge big cages, um, filled, filled, sorry, filled 
with with studio kit and we went in there with with two transit vans filled it absolutely full of stuff and then drove it away and um the idea was to get this 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 stuff out to south sudan and <laughs> little did i know that this would be you know um there was would change the course of my life um quite dramatically um we had we did go out to south sudan and we made a film and it was going to be the precursor of setting up a studio but it was just impossible it was impossible to get this equipment into the country um however i did meet uh, somebody whilst going out there called angela impey who's one of the main um, professors at SOAS, the School of Oriental and African Studies. And so she was doing a project with, uh, I think it was Dinka um, um, people out in out in Juba. And uh, she put me in contact. She said, oh, if it doesn't, if this doesn't work out, you need to speak to Hilda. Um, and Hilda runs a music school in Tanzania. And she will take all of the equipment quite happily. And so you know, uh, two years later, we were out with Hilda building a recording studio in a in a music school, um, and rolling out this whole sort of program of sort of training and and recording amazing, amazing, amazing music. And um, uh, we had that project running for a, a couple of years. And so to do all of this, I needed to set up a an organization so i set up a non-profit organization um which uh uh which sort of ran this whole thing so we could import you know large crates of stuff into a country and we did that and then we worked started working with the goethe institute uh, which is the german cultural uh, relations organization alliance Française, um the, the the french alternative um, HIVOS, the Dutch Development Organization, the British Council, um, uh, the uh, uh, British uh, Cultural Relations Organization. And then all of a sudden, this whole sort of world sort of opened up about sort of getting money in from, you know, these, uh, these, these European, you know, cultural funds into projects uh, within within uh, within uh, sub-Saharan, sub-Saharan Africa and so then I started writing funding applications um, then getting you know decent pots of cash and then I got introduced to a chap called David Tinning who was setting up an organization called Santori Santori Safari which was to um, uh, put together um, uh, a project which identified what an what an East African electronic sound was because there's a I don't know if you, you know but there's really interesting music coming out of East Africa at the moment and when people think of you know music from the continent of Africa they think very much of Mali you know with Tamani Dobate and Ali Fakatore and you know that sort of soft sound with the Kora um, but seldom do you sort of really uh, interface uh, with music from East Africa. I mean, of course, South Africa has a strong, strong heritage, but East Africa, not so much. So then we we got money from the HIVOS uh, development organization, uh, the Dutch development organization HIVOS, to put together this 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 project, which celebrated an East African sound. And then we built a studio in uh, Tanzania. Uh, sorry, in, in in Kenya. 
Um, and then part of this was like, we're going to do all this recording. We've got all of this wonderful music. So let's do it. Let's take it. Let's, 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 let's do some concerts. And then we would do concerts and then all the system, the sound systems didn't work <laughs> because they'd be quite cheap from China or they'd be really expensive, you know, from, from Europe. And so there was this weird thing called the, the import taxation, which was 70%. So any, so any creatives that want to do some, you know, want to import like it's a guitar or a speaker or whatever uh, from, you know, from Europe, they would have to, they would, sorry, from Europe, from, from the West, from outside of the country, they would have to pay 70% on top of what it was because it's, this is this sort of idea, it's a hangover from the aid industry. All of a sudden, you've got this sort of political, um, you know, blockade. Um, so we were really interested in this political blockade and sort of thought, thought, well, actually, what, what we're doing is cultural infrastructure. And I'd been writing quite a few funding applications by then. So I'd sort of developed a, a, a language and then we were able to um, develop a relationship with a, a, a PA manufacturing company in um, Manchester to import components because you weren't charged the same luxury tax, the same 70% on components. So we started building PA speakers in, Tan in Tanzania so that we could do, you know, uh, uh, live music events. And the grandiose idea is that this would develop jobs and it would speak to a variety of different uh, sectors, such as carpentry and engineering and, and, and the creative industries. Um, so, so this this whole idea of cultural infrastructure has become you know uh, a, a fascination of mine and then of course when you're sort of doing all of this it's cultural development and then i was just like how do i feel about you know doing this stuff in in east africa when essentially this money is coming from in the main europe and then i try to understand what cultural relations means and then i'm sort of conflicted because it sort of speaks to this idea of post-colonial notes and soft power. And, you know, all of a sudden then I'm like, wait, 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 what am I doing? <laughs> is, this, is this good? Is this a good thing? Because I think it's a good thing. I'm loving this. Are these guys loving it? They seem to be loving it. But where's the, where's the power relations? And so I, was, I, I had a bit of a sort of conflict of, 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 of conscious um, and went back to school and went to SOAS to study uh, development anthropology to problematize and, and critique all of this stuff. Um, so, um, so I did that, and uh, I think I've got off the question. <laughs> no, it all makes sense, because you're getting there. The, uh, the, the final bit of the question was just how has this experience shaped you and, and yeah. you know personally and you're, you're getting yeah. there because it, it all makes sense so go ahead yeah well this is it I mean it's it's it shapes me because well I, you, you know you what by doing a master's you learn how to critique and I think I needed critique because I'd spent however many years it was running around east and west Africa you know recording wonderful music and working with wonderful, wonderful people. Um, you know, we did a big record with, uh, uh, we did a big Tarab record, um, which run, won Songlines Award. Um, 
uh, this year for best 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 record from Africa in the Middle East. Um, and they're on tour, they're in tour, they're on tour now. And um, but it's just like none of the music that I produce or the projects are, you know, it, it's not as if, you know, we're not appropriating anything. You know, we're not passing our work off of our, our own. But, you know, the question is, where's, you know, whose agenda is this? And so, so this shapes me really in sort of, I'm, I'm at a place now where I'm sort of questioning this stuff. As I record this music, I'm questioning, you know, who's this for, for what audience and for what purpose? Um, you know, building PA speakers, you know, for who, for what purpose? And so I, so I, um, I'm really proud of you know the work that I've done, but I'm I'm sort of at an impact. Well, you know, at a crossroads really, and it's you know as you know the the force of sub-Saharan Africa is an immense immense force, and I think going to be significantly more um, influential um, as the decades go on. So it's what is our relationship? You know, what is my relationship? You know, with that as a you know a white privileged westerner you know working in in places such as sub-saharan africa and you know how how are we doing this in a in a way that represents and celebrates so the way that you're facing any of this work now is to just basically question everything that you do and who you're doing it for so you you were able to detach yourself from your perspective only and just starting to embracing a more comprehensive view on this being yeah. aware of you know coming from the western world being yeah. privileged being a man blah, yeah. blah 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 as we yeah, as yeah. we know yeah okay yeah yeah totally and i don't have an answer and i doubt that i will not an easy question uh, it's not, not an easy question but I, I i relish you know the conversation um and i think i'm very lucky to be able to have conversations with you know some of the market leaders in this you know i was at womex uh the uh w they've recently changed their tagline it's not world music expo it's worldwide music expo so we're sort of coming away from this othering of world and west um and so i'm you know i i i i'm very lucky to have you know relationships with some of the uh, influential people within the sector but but i don't know if we're there yet you know uh as a discourse or a practice um but yes i'm I do question everything and I'm, I'm, I'm very lucky to be sort of somebody who operates within the world, but, um, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's an interesting space. Yeah. And I think it's, it's a never ending learning process for sure. And talking about learning, cause what you were saying about doing a master's and, and the importance of education in, within your, like applied to your work and the way yeah. that you see your work and you approach yeah. it makes me, of course, think about the importance of education in, in general and, and how all of this is connected to your experience at ICMP as a tutor, of course, because yeah. I, I, yeah. this, this is a consistent element that I've had with all the interviews that I've done, and it kind of makes yeah. sense, which is yeah. we do a lot of things and then we teach, but we're actually yeah. learning a lot. Yeah. We're not like we're giving away what we know, but we're learning so much and we kind of yeah. like we put it back into what we do. So it's, it's just this never ending circle, which is amazing. Yeah. So you teach across different programs at ICMP. 
and you yeah. teach music business. I mean, it's 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 under the remit of music business. And you don't just teach, like you're involved in different aspects of the academic life at ICMP. But one thing that really stands out for me is that I know that you always try to get students involved into the projects that you're working on outside of ICMP, which I don't take for granted because you could just limit that time and that energy to when you're teaching, when you're ICMP, but you're actually trying to blend and merge this kind of like two worlds together, if that makes sense. And it's great because you, of course, you get current students involved so as they the, develop their craft and they learn and, and all of that. So do you want to tell me a little bit about what you do at ICMP basically and how, how is it for you to like, again, trying to blend all of this together within who you are and what you do outside of ICMP? Yeah, I mean, I'm a huge believer in um, the incubator Uh, I think I mentioned this before, which is university and for sort of experimenting, you know, testing and sort of, you know, people call it work experience, but I, I, you know, such an archaic term, it's not work experience, you know, trying to get students involved in, 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 in projects. And I, I very much like them to sort of be involved, you know, as much hands-on stuff as possible. So, so I, the, the, the music venues that I run, um, You know, we've 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 had our uh, as a, a creative music production um, uh, students come down and you know be part of the team, and that's essential, like absolutely essential uh, to be able to sort of have that sort of uh, stuff that they can put on their CV straight away. Um, but also, I did a big commission uh, for uh, Wandsworth um, a Council. Uh, which was the celebration of the Northern Line. And we were identifying a few different uh, uh, projection uh, spaces where there was going to be huge sort of uh, mapped uh, projection um, sites of which one of them was Battersea Power Station. And so as part of these uh, different sites, uh, there was going to be soundscapes. So straight away, I was just like, right, let's get the students on these soundscapes. Um, I mean, it was a short turnaround time. It was a really, really short lead on this. We had to um, uh, produce these soundscapes in weeks, uh, let alone months. So I, I was at the, at the front of the class saying, live brief, guys, you know, there's this thing. Who, who, wants, a, who wants a gig, basically? <laughs> um, and uh, Jan uh, from uh, the uh, business production course Uh, chimed up and said look you know I've just been doing these soundscapes for Pepsi or something which is like what you doing what like why are you why are you sat here it's like that's amazing um like that's like you know I'd love that gig and so we just you know got in a conversation I said look you know you, you've you've it would be amazing for you to to get on this gig so I sent him the tracks i sent in the session and uh straight away it was like within hours you know comes back with this beautiful little opus, um, beautiful sort of synth opus, uh, which I just put right into the session, sent to the client. Client said, yeah, sounds flipping brilliant. And uh, then that was that. He got the gig. Um, and being um, uh, part-time at ICMP, you know, uh, is absolutely essential. <laughs> I'm not a teacher. I'm, I'm somebody um, who is is immensely active within the industry who loves to 
um, share, you know, what I know. And I certainly don't know um, everything about music business whilst I am a, a music business fellow. Um, but I think that's, that's, the, that's the beauty of us fellows. We're able to, um, uh, for, for our teaching, for our pedagogy, to be absolutely informed by our practice and uh and to to integrate uh the students uh experience and activity um as much with our own experiences uh, as possible i think it's i think that's a good look um and you know because i run music venues because i you know i'm a producer because i sort of you know write funding applications you know if there's a fund there was a funding application with the british council uh come in you know uh, a week ago and i was i put it on the uh put it on the slide straight away i said look go for this fund. <laughs> I'm going for the fund. You should totally go for the fund. And um, uh, in two weeks' time, we've got uh, Lucy Stone, um, uh, who runs an amazing uh, fundraising consultancy business called No Stone Unturned. And I worked a lot with her um, uh, last year throughout the pandemic um, with the Music Venue Trust to ensure that uh, small grassroots music venues were getting funding from the government through the Cultural Recovery Fund, CRF from Arts Council. And so Lucy and I worked very, very closely um, at doing that. So developed a great relationship with her. Now she's in the classroom critiquing um, students' work. So uh, I've changed the assign the uh, coursework this, this year because um, I became module leader um of a business of production and uh, added this element of, uh, of 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 funding uh that you've put together a funding strategy identify what a, a funder might be that you could you know uh go for go for go for real money for so we've actually just used the fund the funding uh, questions as part of the coursework <laughs> I don't believe in doubling up work and uh, it, it basically means that a student does their coursework and then they can co copy and paste it into a funding application and submit a funding application so we've got Lucy coming in in a couple of weeks uh, to crit critique uh, students work and this is like I mean she got like over I can't remember what it was it was tens of millions of pounds into the coffers of the grassroots music sector throughout the throughout the pandemic so she's absolutely um world class in terms of uh in terms of fun uh, fun uh, fundraising expert and so this is you know this is real life stuff um being able to write funding applications is real life stuff and so we try and sort of have that real life applicability within the knowledge transfer, within the exchange, not transfer, exchange between uh, us as uh, teaching staff and the students. And I, it really makes me want to go back and do another degree, a third mm. degree. Why not? Just because it's so great. Like I'm thinking of how a student can basically shape their academic path while they're having these experiences and the other way around. Do you know what I mean? It's not just yeah. what they're learning that shapes who they're going to be. It's actually what they're doing as well that shapes who they're going to be in terms of like their student exactly. life. It's just, it's great. Yeah. What kind of reaction do you get from students when you're like opening up and saying, guys, this is an opportunity. Who wants to do it? Do you think um, they feel intimidated? Do you think, what's the kind of like most common 
response that you get because clearly there are many capable students that can do it yeah. and you believe yeah. in it because that's why yeah. you're doing it in the first place yeah. but yeah i i'm aware that there is a lot of um there's probably a lot of pressure because they're still students yeah. right so they probably don't feel ready so how yeah. what's the response and how do you deal with it well i i i make it clear that this is part of the journey <laughs> you know you don't have to succeed it's okay you know if you get the fund it would be amazing and we will absolutely celebrate that but you know there's no pressure here this is just uh, as i said before this word incubator is is for me that is central to my pedag pedagogy um and making mistakes and so we very much sort of caveat i uh, we as a class uh, we can caveat each other you know we have a contract with each other it's just just like look it's totally okay to fail and it's totally okay to get this wrong and then let's let's explore these things and why is it going wrong wrong uh, but to your question what's the what's the response what's the take up well i i think it's i think it's pretty positive actually you know i think um i also teach um uh, on the uh, Bambi course, which is the music uh, and entrepreneurship—sorry, uh, uh, music business and entrepreneurship course, uh, run by uh, Ken um, and Yanis, and uh, part of this project is one of their major projects, and it's a really, really amazing, amazing course, and we have been able to get you know uh, people uh, straight into the venue, actually sort of running and promoting nights, you know, and doing sort of real. Um, uh real sort of uh, real tangible stuff so no i think the i think the i think the response is pretty good you know you are i mean you, you would you would see a few students be like like what's it going on about like because like i came here to learn about the business of music production but like why is he talking about local authorities like why is he talking about creative engagement and um and that's fine. <laughs> I think that's completely fine. I mean, we really try and take a lateral approach to this. And, you know, I think some students are sort of on board and some students are like, like tell me about PRS. Like, tell me about record labels. And we do talk about record labels and we do talk about PRS. Um, but I think that lateral approach to the business of um music production and of entrepreneurship um is is, is essential so uh i don't know we'll see <laughs> no i think it's great honestly it's uh it's making me want to be on the course <laughs> yeah that was great so you talked a lot about live music in you know sort of like different aspects and you have been working on the newly launched program that we have, the live event management program that we just uh, that we just launched at ICMP. It's a BA, so it's a three-year undergraduate course, mm -hmm. and it's um it's a weird time for live music. It's mm. a really really difficult and and weird time. Of course, now you know everything is open, and you know we're. We're back full on with gigs every night and, and mm -hmm. like, but we know that a lot of people would end up working in grassroots venues mm. and yeah. like small to kind of like medium um, yeah. environments, which yeah. are the most affected by, you know, the pandemic and everything that's been happening. Yeah. So 
why now? Why yeah. um, was it important to have a live event management course in this current era and time? Because yeah. it's it's a it's a challenging one. So how did you guys manage to include all the aspects of this newly launched live industry? Because it's 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 changed for sure. It's not the same anymore. The sector has changed. <laughs> beyond recognition beyond like you wouldn't you would like i mean the covid 19 uh, uh has changed everything <laughs> you know not just live music um and what you've seen is a huge um shift from um an industry which is essentially a profit driven industry to more of a non-profit industry so a, a reliance on subsidy for example there are people and small venues now that identify themselves as being that which uh, can benefit from public funding and a lot of this work is has been championed by the music venue trust of which i was one of the london coordinators uh, uh, last year throughout the whole a, a pandemic and as part of the work of music venue trust was to ensure that money is is disseminated from government into uh venues so that they don't shut down so a lot of these venues are then reframing their business models as create uh, as um uh, community interest companies cic's as social enterprises they are even uh, offering um shares like this whole idea of community shares whereby you know the the uh, uh, nine times out of ten small grassroots music venues are uh, owned by you know um major capitalist um neoliberal um uh, landlords who didn't really take pity on the fact that you know these were these struggling venues that couldn't offer uh, their normal services couldn't have anyone in their venues couldn't make any money and still had to you know pay rent so um uh the community share offer is actually identical uh, uh, brands um I, I mentioned one sister midnight records uh, down in uh, lewisham run by lenny watson who is like 28 years old and she's now putting uh, this whole sort of project together where she's identified a space and she's getting the community to buy it so raising you know half a million quid to buy a building so that you could keep this live music venue um uh, afloat and so the course that we've designed at icmp is informed directly through these experiences so it's very much um working closely uh, in association with music venue trust um to ensure that the 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 what we teach is as current um as as it as it needs to be to adapt to these new uh, challenges within the industry and having guest lecturers such as Lenny Watson who's you know of the age of the students who's doing this amazing stuff so a real entrepreneur out there we are going to have sort of come in and you know be very much part of the course and i'm working very closely uh with Jamie Johnston who's been a sort of tour manager and runs a record label and uh spends a lot of time sort of managing artists and he and i have sort of very much sort of put together this program which identifies uh or tries to identify or put together this sort of program which 
looks at the sector, it's like, who are these people? Who are these entrepreneurs? You know, and what is it that they want, that what that they need to know to be able to survive, you know, to set up their own, you know, festivals in public spaces, you know, to be able to sort of put together grassroots music venues, to think about what it means to tour internationally um, post-COVID, post-Brexit, because this is the reality of, of where we're living. So the course is very much designed um, and informed by the industry about, uh, and the sector. So yeah, of course, we're going to talk about Live Nation and we're going to talk about their market share and you know the, the immense power that they sort of wield um, within the industry. But but the grassroots is really where our sort of really spe specific focus is. And so again, you know, from, from my background, I've talked about you know uh, working outside of you know West Western sort of power structures. But a lot of the industry is, you know, uh, created, you know, within these sorts of Western centric um, constructs and norms. So we look at what the industries, uh, such as Middle Far East, you know, Sub-Saharan Africa, Central South America, you know, what, what are the sort of innovative approaches that are happening within the live sector, you know, internationally? So, so, so we try and take this non-Western centric uh, focus as well. So. We're not wanting to create sound engineers. You know, I've been a sound engineer, I've been a touring sound engineer, it's brilliant. If you want to do that, that's great. But there's tons of courses that you can do uh, to be a sound engineer. So it's vocational in the fact that you are front and centre to putting real life events together. And we walk you through that whole process. And, um, and that's really what, what the course is that we've, that we've designed. Sounds great to me. Again, another degree to add on my list. <laughs> <laughs> you can have no time left. <laughs> or money. I, I, yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. That's the main thing, isn't it? We've, we've touched on quite a lot of stuff. So yeah. thanks for that. Because it's been, again, I think it was really interesting to just explore a wider, more comprehensive uh, yeah. view on the creative and music industries. And it's yeah. it's a much needed one as well, because as you were saying, you may start from one, one point and you may end up in a different place, but that doesn't mean that yeah. you don't know what that is about and you don't like it. You can yeah. have it your own way, yeah. finding your own way. That's, uh, that's so important. So no, thank you so much. No, you're welcome. Thank you.